Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly Podcast. I'm Tim Golden. And I'm Jason Hall. And we are we are so blessed to have you back with us for this episode five of the Motown Philly Podcast, where we are continuing our discussion of emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. This is installment two. I think last week we talked about having four installments. Might be five, might be six. We'll we'll talk about the lessons that we learned last week in a few moments. But for now, just want to encourage you folks to continue to subscribe to our podcast, to hit that notification button, to make sure that you get notified each time we upload a new episode, and make sure that you share widely. Jason, we've been getting a lot of love from our listeners. It seems that we are communicating, connecting, and building community. Tell us a little bit about that, man. How have things been going? What kind of feedback have you been getting? Man, I just hopped off a a group session uh, as what I do with my speaking mechanics shop or communication skills program, where I teach one-on-one and group sessions and had a group session with just beautiful people, beautiful community that I'm building. And they gave us amazing feedback. I mean, individuals are talking to their spouses differently and they're 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 learning things about themselves and they are practically ap- applying certain things and i'm hearing feedback like you know men especially men of color you don't necessarily find these conversations going on not saying that they one of the reasons why we're doing this is because we want to make it make it known that these conversation these conversations exist among people like you and I, among men like uh, you and myself, and it just just incredible feedback, and I'm I'm just loving it. I'm loving it, not just for me. I'm loving it that people are re- it's resonating with people, and they're sharing it, and it's it's just it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing, Jason. It's so encouraging to hear that kind of feedback from people, and we said from the very beginning, from our first episode just about a month ago, that. Listen, we're here in this space as two Black men who have staked mm-hmm. our claim to some ground that says we're here as an act of resistance. We're going to resist a culture that says that men are emotionally incompetent, that says that Black men are in- emotionally incompetent, not good communicators. And we're here to say that that's not true. And we stand as counterexamples. So it's just so encouraging to hear that. And I'm just so grateful for all of the wonderful feedback that I've received. I've had friends uh, tell me they've listened and they've shared with others and the feedback is positive. And we just want you all to know that like all of you who are listening, Jason and I, our work's in progress. Yes. There may be some glitches from time to time. There some, may be some, some problems from time to time, uh, technically, but that's okay because it isn't whether or not you fall down. It's about how fast you get back up again and how fast you keep going. And Jason, I think you and I have talked about our cardinal rule for Mm -hmm. this podcast, especially now at the beginning is the word consistency. And I think if we can achieve consistency, if we can continue to deliver high quality content to everyone, I think that that's what our folks want to hear and, and I think that we have the stuff to continue to deliver it on a consistent basis. 
Definitely, definitely. Um, you, you said something important there. Uh, we might show up a little glitchy. Maybe the last episode that y'all heard, y'all might heard a little reverberation or some repeat on what was actually said. Um, that wasn't by design. That's just us not being perfect. And one of the things that you know, my students and my clients know that I teach, I don't teach, we don't teach perfection because that's an expectation that none of us can attain. But if we often try to strive for protection, we find our, ourselves not living in, in who, not living in and appreciating, appreciating who we actually are and what we're and how we're developing and how we're growing. It's not that thing that we're trying to attain. And we want to exemplify that even on this podcast as we show up and grow in front of you unapologetically, unashamedly, uh, vulnerable, and letting you know that we don't, we don't always get it right. We won't often always say the right thing. And you, we will have some disagreements, I'm sure, with some of the audience and the listeners as we speak these things. But I promise you, Tim and I are speaking from our hearts. We're speaking from experience. We're speaking from what resonates deep inside of us. And we believe those things will resonate deep inside of you. That's right. And if you go back and listen to podcast number one, where we introduced ourselves, what we've said is that our podcast brand, the Motown Philly brand, is about the totality of the human person. Mm. So we're going to give you not just the heart, we're going to give you the head. And we're not here to tell you that one is more important than the other. We're here to tell you that they work together. Yes. And if we are giving you the totality of the human person, that means we are giving you in some sense, the totality of who each of us are, and neither one of us is perfect. True. So you're going to get some flaws, you're going to get some glitches, but I promise you, just hang in there with us and come with us, come along with us on this ride. And I tell you, we are just going to be able to go to some great places together. I, I just love the energy that this podcast generates. And I'm yes. hoping that right now, as you're listening, energy you are feeling energized jason i feel right now like i could take over the world True. and and i i sense that you feel the same way oh I, we're, listen y'all we're containing ourselves just because we know that you guys need to hear what we're saying understand what we're saying and the communication that's coming out of our our mouths and out of from our brains it needs to connect so we can't be in chaos right now we can't be in chaos, though there's chaos in some ways going on inside of us because we are excited about this podcast. We're excited about our listeners. We're excited about the community that's, that is vibing with what we're saying and, and the conversation that we're creating. And we, we're, we're, we're hopeful that it continues to grow and grow and grow and reach out and do really big things in this space. That's right, Jason. That's right. Well, listen. Keep listening, hang in there with us. We just wanted to take a moment to show you the love and to, to, for, to thank you for showing us the love and for us to show you some love in return. So y'all just hang in there with us and everything is gonna be all right. You know, Jason, we're continuing our discussion this week on the topic of emotional intelligence. And last week, something I thought was really beautiful happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was in the middle of our conversation, I was prepared to sort of move forward mm -hmm. after we talked about what emotional intelligence was. 
and in a very penetrating way, exhibiting your own intellectual curiosity mm -hmm. and your own vulnerability in the midst of our conversation, mm -hmm. said, wait a minute, Tim, maybe we need to go back and before we start talking about self-awareness, mm -hmm. which is part of emotional intelligence, yeah. I think we'll get to that today. Yeah. You said, I, I want to talk a little bit more about what emotional intelligence is. And when you said that, Jason, mm -hmm. that opened my mind to a whole new way of helping to explain it. And now I think some of our listeners are familiar with the phrase emotionally unintelligent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. precisely because I had to go back and adjust what the plan was right. in the interest of authenticity. And I did that because you showed the prescience and the insight to say, you know, Tim, I think we need to go back to that before we move on. I thought that was a beautiful moment, Jason. What did you think? I mean, you're giving me goosebumps right now because I know the preamble <laughs> to to what we are, what we're going to bring today. And if you thought I was excited at the beginning or introduction, I'm just as excited now about what we're going to share. Is I think Tim is just talking about the fact that we had something scripted and we were going in a certain direction. Tim and I were lock and step about what we were supposed to do last week. However, it was me, it's the, it's, it's the back and forth in communication that we, the reciprocity, if you will, the mindful reciprocity of understanding as Tim is opening up his mouth, his words are becoming something to me that I need to consider. And it started to do something in my, in my mind and heart to say, hey, 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 let, let's, and I without a plan to say, we need to step back. And because Tim and I know each other well, I didn't have a problem of, of saying something that he had to consider, you know what, I, I think you're right. And we, we allowed something organic to happen. And that's one of the main reasons why we, that we want to show up. Like these conversations, we want to have, want, we want to have a plan but we also want to make room for something organic to happen because it's when those organic things happen, I believe really powerful things come out of it. Right, Chick? That's right, Jason. I think very powerful things come out of it. And we have to talk about organic conversation because if we're going to live up to our motto here at the Motown Philly podcast of communication, connection, and community, at every level, mm. we want authenticity. Mm -hmm. And the key to authenticity is the flexibility of an organic approach to a conversation that recognizes that in some sense, the, we are not conducting the conversation, but mm -hmm. the exchange of language causes the conversation to sort of conduct us. Mm. Speak and, about that. And, and so, so here's what I want to do to, to sort of frame this. Now, we're, we're talking a little bit about self-awareness, right? Right, right? Being right. aware of ourselves emotionally. There is a 20th century philosopher. His name is Hans Gadamer. Mm -hmm. His name is spelled, his last name is spelled 
G-A-D-A-M-E-R. His first name is Hans, H-A-N-S, and he wrote a great philosophical treatise called Truth and Method. Mm -hmm. And what he says in that book is that we, we don't really ever get to the truth because the method we use to get to it is misguided. Okay. And so let's back up and let's just, I just want to read a quote from him and, and just hang in there with me. Uh, Cause I want to read this. And then I want us to go back, Jason, I want you to come back and I want you to start analyzing this quote after I finish reading it. Okay. Right. Okay. So this is from Gadamer's treatise, truth and method. This is what he says, quote, we say that we conduct a conversation, but the more genuine a conversation is, the less its conduct lies within the will of either partner. Mm -hmm. Thus, a genuine conversation is never the one that we wanted to conduct. Rather, it is generally more correct to say that we fall into conversation mm -hmm. or even that we become involved in it. Mm -hmm. The way one word follows another with the conversation taking its own twists and reaching its own conclusion may well be conducted in some way, but the partners conversing are far less the leaders of it than the led. No one knows in advance what will come out of a conversation. Understanding or its failure is like an event that happens to us. Thus, we can say that something was a good conversation or that it was ill-fated. All this shows that a conversation has a spirit of its own mm. and that the language in which it is conducted bears its own truth within it, mm. i.e. that it allows something to emerge which henceforth exists, close mm. quote. Jason, your thoughts. Bro, that, listen. For the listeners who are listening to that, if you didn't get something out of that, please rewind it and listen to it undistracted, un uninhibited, and understand what, what Tim is saying. It's like you were reading to me the, about communication or in conversation through the lens of the matrix. You got to feel me. You got to feel me on that. <laughs> You got to feel me on that. The f it was, it's, it's, it's so, so many bars in that, so many gems, so many nuggets in what you just said. I don't think we have enough time in this podcast to break it down. But what I heard is, first of all, Gadamer is bringing a level of awareness to who we, what we do in conversation. And in the, in, in while doing that, He's actually putting frameworks of how we can conduct sweet, rich, vibrant communication, conversation between two people at minimum. 
Now we can go deeper and we talked that we can have, we talked about having conversations with ourselves, but let's just keep it at two people. You have to be open enough to stay out of the constructs of what we think communication is, guided conversations. I'm coming to tell this person something or they need to listen to me. Have you guys, I'm, I'm on one right now, chick. I'm on, have, have you? Have you guys ever been in the presence of a friend, of a family member, of a, of a significant other that when you meet with that person, things start to blossom from the insides of you to the outsides of you. They get what you're saying and then they mirror, not necessarily the same thing, but they create too from their end about the conversation that you're talking about. So it's like you're, the two of you are making a garden, an organic garden right in front of you. I can't put it in any, any other, other words than that, Chick. That's right, Jason. If we're talking about self-awareness, the first task of self-awareness that we got into, that I started to get into last week before the conversation led us right in a different direction is this question uh, so there's four basic dimensions of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Who we are, who are we, what are we doing, mm -hmm. why are we doing it, mm -hmm. and how can I continue doing it if it's something that's emotionally or relationally constructive, mm -hmm. and how can I stop doing it right. if it's something that's relationally destructive? Definitely. And so this is a nice segue. Jason and I thought, in our conversations since the last podcast, that this would be a good way, a good segue, this quote from Hans Gadamer would be a good segue into this idea of self-awareness because the question of who we are has to, in some sense, be answered by saying who we are is, part of being who we are as human beings is that we are not as much in control uh, as we think ourselves to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the first step in self-awareness is recognizing that the attitude of I'm going to tell him or I'm going to tell her puts us in a position of control that according to Gadamer is frankly artificial. Mm. It's not real. And you can't build, you can't have constructive communication and connection and community if you are approaching a dialogue in an artificial state of control as some sort of demigod that is going to give someone your piece, a piece of your mind, which mm -hmm. may tell us, Jason, mm -hmm. something about and just as an example, something about the condition of anger mm. or the emotion of anger and when do we communicate? Mm -hmm. if, if who I am is such that I'm going to allow an emotion to put me in and ought to install me as an artificial authority who's in control of the conversation, I have already destroyed any possibility of communication, connection, and community. And I think the first question we have to ask ourselves, or the first 
answer that we have to get to ourselves when we ask, who are we? Because we're talking about self-awareness. We have to know who we are, mm -hmm. is we have to be prepared in some sense to relinquish some of that control, which could be based on an emotionally unintelligent approach to the nature of the conversation. Because here's the rub, Jason, and I want to hear your response to this. Mm -hmm. Communication is as much about what is heard as it is about what is said. Mm -hmm. And when you approach a conversation and you are disconnected from one of those two things, I think your communication, connection, and sense of community is doomed. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, so you said a lot in the fact that, and I teach it often, teaching it today specifically about truly knowing yourself is the beginning of effective and healthy communication right and the example that i wanted to use when you go into a space where you want to have a dialogue and create change or influence that there's there's a sense of of healthy reciprocity that should happen like a win-win oftentimes we should think about conversations as a negotiation to where everyone's growing is everyone is learning everyone is becoming better and if you have that heart and mindset you can't come into a space as a conductor orchestra like conducting an orchestra that's not how conversations go it's clear in the relationship of a conductor and an orchestra, one is fully leading and, and, and the other is taking cues in order, to, in, in order to have and create something beautiful. And that has its place, right? I'm not, that's not wrong. However, human beings are not, it's, it's, not, a it's not a conductor and, and an orchestra setting there is often a give and take in the dialogue that when two people meet, I should be open enough to say, this is my piece and be open enough to listen to what someone has to say and not be anxious to, to retort without really bringing it in bringing in what they're actually saying to me meaning that you know if i'm angry or upset i probably shouldn't have conversation I'm not saying ever but you have to know yourself you have to understand what's going on in your head and heart know that emotions might be high and if you open up your mouth in the moment it's not you're not serving you're conducting or you're at least trying to and when you're doing that you're not being you're not I'm not, I want. I, I don't want to say you're not being genuine. Here you go, not, JC. Go you're not being. You're not being vulnerable. Mm. You're not being vulnerable. Mm. Installing yourself as the artificial conductor of a conversation because of an emotional inability to control anger or excitement or whatever your emotion is is 
ultimately a manifestation of your unwillingness to be vulnerable in the moment and to approach the conversation and say, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. I get it. I feel that way. I'm not wrong for feeling this way. You, you may have a dialogue with yourself that says, hey, this is how I'm feeling. But I know I can't talk about this right now because I'm going to put myself in a position where nothing good is going to come of this conversation. Beautiful. Right. And, and so I need to back up and and sort of wait until a better time. I think that would be the, the self-aware, right? The self-aware, emotionally intelligent move in that situation it, with anger is to say, now's not a good time to talk. I'm gonna wait until I felt what I'm feeling and I'm going to allow myself the space in my own inner dialogue with myself to say, I'm sure my conversation partner, whoever that is, whoever mm -hmm. that whoever person X is, mm -hmm. is going to feel a certain way or have something to say. And I need to allow myself to be open to that. And until you get in that state of mind, it's probably not a good idea to have the conversation. One more thing I mm -hmm. wanted to say here, Jason. Mm -hmm. okay. It may also apply to the emotion of happiness. If you're happy about something and you sense that sharing that thing with a friend maybe mm -hmm. who's going through some difficulties might actually dampen that person's enthusiasm, because let's face it, we live in a world where people are always comparing themselves to one another. Mm -hmm. And in what sense does that person want to hear good things about your life when they don't believe your life is when they don't, when they sense that their own life is sort of in the dumps. So whatever the emotion is, we need to be aware of ourselves, aware of who we are. And that means being aware that we are not in control. We can't conduct a conversation because one of the worst things you can do if you're happy is you tell somebody and they're not too enthused about it. And then you go off on them and say, what kind of friend are you? Mm. Am I right, Jason? No, it's good. It's so, it's so rich what you're saying. And it's so brilliant the idea and the 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 understanding or the education of emotional intelligence last week we talked about making the decisions to rightfully parse out and deal with the emotions that we have and trying to deal them with a level of respect with a level of congruency as we navigate our emotions and learn how to talk and have conversations with other people and this so that slides right into awareness it just it fits like a glove as we begin to now open up more with the other counterpart or the other person and start to have these genuine conversations and the word genuine and organic is goes with a level of openness and understanding yourself first and doing your best to try to understand the other person, because you're right. I love it when you bring out the duality of our emotions, because you have, you have emotions that are angry or mad and, and we can dwell on that, but also you got to think about the, the, the opposite of that or the antonym of, of that. And you say, Oh, 
okay, I'm happy. Can I just share my happy emotions? Well, you still have to consider who you're talking to and what they might be going through at that and in that moment. And so you have to be a little bit, you have to be judicious in how you communicate with the other person almost always. Um, Now, let me just say this, Jason. There's times when this, this, the kind of thing we're talking about doesn't always apply in every situation. No, it's going to be plenty of times when you feel good about something and you just want to call a friend or a loved one and say, Hey, I just want to share some good news with you. That can actually be a good thing. We talked about that last week, right, Jason? Right. This way you're not constantly sharing bad news with somebody. But what we're trying to do in, in this moment, I think, is give people some tools to say, when might be the best time to have conversations? I think there is there's a time and a place for everything. And I think what we're trying to give people now is just some level of sensitivity as to when these things may apply. Again, it won't apply in every situation, but it's good to be aware of that. Again, we're talking about self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. This is emotional intelligence and the question of who we are. We're not in control. We have to think about the other person. We have to realize that the once we put words out there in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. those words are language that are subject to all manner of interpretation. Mm-hmm. And in that, in the sense, Gadamer's point is the conversation doesn't really belong to us. <laughs> the, Say that. Stay the there. Conversation Stay there. I think takes that's... on a life of its own, and it's its own organic being as language is spoken and it's heard. And as it's heard and it's spoken back and mm-hmm. there's a reciprocity and going on and there's this exchange of dialogue and it just becomes something that's unique to itself. So I think the first step in emotional intelligence is, is self-awareness and this question of who we are. We have to recognize that we're not as in control as we think. It's just a beautiful idea. Like, I think we could break down Gottimer's that reading passage that you that you that you read earlier, literally like line by line. So you want to do that, Jason? Yo, Tim, we would be here. We could be here on we could be here all night. And then we gotta expect we got we will have to extend the series on emotional intelligence. And I'm and I'm I'm quite talk about an organic conversation i'm right 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 you you and i would definitely kid would definitely sit back and just break down each each phrase and each sentence and meaning and interpretation from your point of view from my perspective because it's really rich like when when you read that and then threw it to me i was just like where do i begin well i'll tell you what jason I'm just going to read the first two sentences and I want your commentary and analysis on it. Okay, Just on the first two sentences. Go for it. Go for it. Quote, we say that we conduct a conversation, but the more genuine a conversation is, the less its conduct lies within the will of either partner. Thus, a genuine conversation is never the one that we wanted to conduct, close quote. It's saying, don't go in there with your own agenda, bro. It's 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 saying, it's saying, don't go, don't go in there with your own agenda. 
go in there with an open mind, go in there with what you and I talk about, an open heart, an open spirit to not just give, but to receive. Because if you're going in there with an open heart, you're probably going in there using that person as just a sounding board. You guys know that, that feeling when someone comes to you and they just needed to get in front of somebody so they can talk, not necessarily have a conversation. You And you start to realize that either during that conversation or after, you were just a pond to have someone actually talk and just express things verbally to you. And you're there without the ability to give a rebuttal, a response, or anything in between because they just needed somebody to just, just somebody to be a sounding board, to have some type of reverberation, to be a wall that looked like a human being. Those conversations suck. Well, because here's the thing, Jason, those conversations aren't conversations. Come on now. They're monologues or or they're, they're rants, right? But they, they're certainly not, those kinds of interactions, let's call them, because they're not conversations. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of interactions, Jason, based on what you just said, are fundamentally dehumanizing. They because are. Girl, the, so many people do that. Y'all, y'all, y'all right. who are listening, y'all know that you know that people walk around giving monologues time after time, day after day, and we we don't understand why. That's right. That's right. And and it's it is a it is a dehumanizing practice that reduces mm -hmm. an entire other human being to as a, to to become a means to the end mm. of what it is we want to do and so in a in a strange kind of way what we have to begin to think about and again here at motown philly we're always coming at you with the totality of the human person mm -hmm. always all of the human person and that means all of you and it means that all of you has to be considerate of all of your conversation partner. Come on. <laughs> so 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 we we have to we have to always be conscious of others. And that is not always the easiest thing to do. Now again, don't get me wrong. As Jason and I are having this conversation, I'm thinking about moments when I have been on the monologue warpath. Yeah. And it's terrible. Mm -hmm. And I think this brings us to the next question, Jason, of self-awareness and emotional intelligence. So we talked about who we are, right? Mm -hmm. The who we are means we have to recognize we're not in control. We can't artificially, we can't install ourselves as some artificial conductor because unlike an orchestra, a conversation is not a performance. Mm, talk about it. A conversation is not, is not done in some performative mode to get applause or, or to entertain. It's an interaction between two live human beings yes. with hopes, dreams, expectations, mm -hmm. emotions, feelings, and the complexity of that moment is worthy of us worthy. pausing and saying, I am not in control. So who I am is somebody who is vulnerable, who is, emotional, 
perhaps at times, and who needs to assume some level of control over my emotions. Because remember, here at Motown Philly, the emotions aren't bad, right? In the same way that your smoke detector is not bad. The emotions are there in the human psyche for a reason. Mm -hmm. But you don't plan your day around your smoke detector. Similarly, you don't plan your life around your emotions. Your intellect has to come in and somewhere say to yourself, you know what? I got to I got to figure this out another way because I'm going to ruin relationship with somebody if I proceed down this path. So that's who. Mm -hmm. Here's the next question, though, Jason. What? What am I doing? What am I doing? Tell, tell us about that, Jason. That Think about that. What is that? What are the implications of that question? What am I doing in the context of self-awareness and emotional intelligence? So even that's a lot to unpack. And I want to see if I can do it in a general way, maybe breaking it down to a specific way. But as you learn to understand the who, who you are, and me as a communication skills coach, one of the primary things, the first, one of the first lessons that I, I do with my students is getting them to understand who they are. And once they, once they, once they reacquaint themselves with themselves, now, now the what, what is your, what does that, that reacquainting or the, the knowing of yourself now do, now that I'm solid, now that I feel a level of calm, now that I'm no longer anxious about the other person or the other perspective of what they think, now that I'm really good with me, now I get to focus on what my purpose is. And my what my purpose is, is that thing that God has placed inside of me to, to fulfill others and who I come in contact every day. And that doesn't make me to feel or to think that I have to walk in perfection because when you, know, when you first know yourself, you have that general awareness of yourself, you know that there is, there are, there's no perfection inside of you. Now, I get to decrease my anxiety. I don't have to have broad shoulders and, and carry the weight of being perfect now. So now I get to walk with a, without levity, but with, with a, a sense of grace and knowing that the other person, my counterpart, the other human being is very similar, is like me, and I get to hold space with them in a sacred way now, because I'm understanding that every, everyone is like me, a human, and they go through their, their experiences through life and the complexities of life. And I get to communicate to them whatever was installed in me or instilled in me as my purpose to share with them if they're, avail if they're so available to receive it. And everybody isn't, but you walk in life daily, what? With your purpose to share, if there's somebody to actually stop and listen. And it doesn't have to be, I'm not talking about something necessarily grandiose. I'm just saying in truly knowing yourself, 
you wake up with a purpose in life to impact others for good. So I'm not sure if your question to what was is actually centered on that, but for me, when it comes to communication, you got to know yourself. And knowing yourself is a sense of awareness that is keen, that is always being processed on a healthy level. Then understanding who you, after understanding who you are, now what is my purpose? Mm. And, and that's the what. Were you going there? And you can, you can right. open up the conversation. Sure. No, no, Jason. No, I like that. I, I mm. like that angle you're taking. And, and let me say this, that when we ask ourselves, and I think my take might be a little bit different, okay. but, but, but complimentary in a sense. Uh, I think the question of what I'm doing, and it plays off of what you said quite nicely. If, if I am not positively impacting the lives of others, I am off track. So the question, what am I doing, comes down to me, comes down to this. And you said something that I want to pick up on because I tend to think that there is something divine mm -hmm. in the process of communication. Mm -hmm. When we communicate, there's times when we share knowledge. Mm -hmm. There's times when we share emotions. Mm -hmm. But communication itself is a divine activity in the sense that when you give someone some of what you have, whether it be an emotion or knowledge, Unlike physical objects, you know, you don't have any less of it. It is almost a sublime take on the mathematics of heaven in which division leads to multiplication. So when I am teaching my philosophy class and I am communicating with them, I am speaking, they are listening, they are asking questions, they are speaking, I am listening, and there is an exchange I don't leave that class session any less knowledgeable than when I started. In other words, if I have a pizza and I give you two slices of the pizza, that's two slices less I have for myself. Mm -hmm. But if I am communicating with you mm -hmm. and connecting with you mm -hmm. and building community with you, mm -hmm. I am effectively dividing my words when I speak, and instead of what comes from me getting smaller, what comes from me gets greater and grows. And so we can figure out when we get this communication thing right, Jason, right. that we are, we are defying the laws of mathematics. We are dividing and instead of something getting smaller it gets bigger and that's the divine dimension of this sort of baseline question of what am i doing if you are not dividing in the interest of multiplying then you're off track i have two words exponential growth <laughs> exponential growth chick it's like 
to know that now that I know my purpose, now that I know that I want to, I'm going to communicate in a way that I now understand what communication is and, and the understanding the sacred act of it, because it has exponential proportions if used wrong. Know that communication is a, is a superpower and it can be used for good and it can be used for bad. Now, I'm not trying to get political, but y'all know if you're listening, a, a type of communicator that could be understood as a, a let's, let's, just, let's just use Hitler. Let's call it what it is. He was an, he was an excellent communicator. He was a, a great communicator, but he, communi he used that power. He used that power to divide, conquer, and kill. But he was an excellent communicator. But there was an opposite of that. You know, you and I like to hold the tension between, between two, between juxtaposition between two ideas and two thoughts and perspective. There was also, a, there was also an amazing communicator called Martin Luther King. He was all, he was a, he was an excellent he was he was a, he's amazing he he was he was it and he used that his ability to communicate exponential that that started to create ideas and it, inspiration and motivation that changed the world like that's what community that is the what and to understand the power of it and how it affects other people and I love what you said. You cannot, when, when I'm able to open up and start to share what's inside of me in a holistic way, in a wholehearted way, in a way that is aligned with who I am, knowing what I'm saying is something to share of information, something to share in, in the form of communication that helps to, to, to edify and to cause people to be a better version of themselves, that type of communication, and, and it's a service in a lot of ways that helps to, to, to regenerate and not take away from the one who's actually given it, which That's makes right. you want to do it more. That's right, Jason. And so, he, so here's the question. Who am I? I'm vulnerable. I'm weak. I'm not in control. What am I doing if I am not if I am not dividing and multiplying, I'm off course, right? Yes. And, and let me just let me just say this one: a couple more things about the, the the question of what I'm doing. You know, you made a reference to Hitler, Jason, and I just I just want to say this because language can be misinterpreted. You use word you use the word excellent, and you use the word great at some point. Let's right, understand right. something. Those are those are terms. Let's take the word great, for example. Right. The word great, colloquially, it means good. Ordinary, everyday language, we say, oh, that's great. That's great news, so forth mm -hmm. and so on. But if you look up the word great, it doesn't necessarily mean good. It mm -hmm. means significant or consequential. Mm -hmm. For example, Jason may say, Tim, I am in great pain. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's good pain. <laughs> It means the pain is bad. I've experienced great sorrow. You could say great sorrow or you could say great joy. Yeah. It's a neutral term. So yeah. I don't want anybody to walk away yeah. listening to this Thanks. saying, oh, Jason said that 
Hitler was great or Hitler was excellent. You can you can be a you can be an evil, wicked person and be excellent at something. And and here's the thing: someone like Adolf Hitler, we, as Jason so nicely put it, he misused communication. He misused communication to build, he, he got people to commit to a creed rather than to other people. And the creed was this group of people are bad people. Jewish people are bad. They need to be exterminated. Anybody who's not of the air, pure Aryan race, whatever that's supposed to be, is bad and needs to be exterminated. And Germans will rule the world. And he got people committed to a creed and he communicated and connected and built community, but it was all a house of cards. Right. And right. that's not, that's not, that's precisely not the kind of way we want anybody to be communicating <laughs> here at Motown Philly, right? And, and then you juxtapose that so nicely, Jason, with Dr. King, who had a way of communicating such that he was able to do those things authentically, but even Dr. King had to struggle within the context of the Black Ecclesia, the church, mm -hmm. which as we said a couple of episodes ago, can get in the way of living with our whole heart, right? So, so we, have, we have landmines to navigate. Mm -hmm. We have to get around certain things. One last thing about my example about uh, multiplying after dividing, mm -hmm. getting more out of what's supposed to give you less. Mm -hmm. That is, in some sense, is based on the story of the incarnation in the Christian tradition. Mm -hmm. I, I'm a Christian, and so it's always amazed me at how God could share himself with us in the person of Jesus Christ and not lose any of his divinity. Well, mm -hmm. the same way that I can share knowledge with my students or you could share knowledge with someone and not lose any of that knowledge. That's what I meant when I said there's something divine about it. So I just wanted to clarify those points. So Jason, we we got who? We got what? Tell me this. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Talk about that, Jason, with self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Now, I, I love the question. These are all questions that make you go inside. And you know what? When anytime we have a question, you should go inside because you have to check that question with who you are before you respond. So we're actually living out. Hopefully I'm living out now just, just to respond in my most sincere way, in my most genuine way, in, in an honest way the question is the question was 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 it was how correct no the question is why am i doing why what am i doing no, sorry the why the why is considered for me like i was saying it it has to come from within and typically when i'm when i believe that i'm purposed from within it's like, I think not sharing the gifts, the skills, the, the information 
the experience that I have, the things that I have learned, the epiphanies, the things that have worked well for me, the things that have made me healthy, most healthy is, if I don't share them, it's another consideration to myself, am I being selfish? Am I, am I being, being mean-spirited and in, in not giving away what I know helped me to be a better person, to be a better human being. So the why is for me, how can, how can I experience these things that have made my life exponentially better and not share them with someone else so that they too can be a better human being? Not because I have the answer, is because I also know from my experience and the observation of others that these things may work for you because they've worked for me. And I would be selfish, not, to, not saying that you have to go do it, but here's a suggestion, here's a recommendation. And if I'm going to keep quiet while I watch you proverbially perish and whatever you're struggling with, I think that's a selfish move for me. So like I said, I have to then think inward. Why not share that information? They get to choose. And you want to come and you want to approach the conversation. You want to approach interaction in that level. Like, why not share it? Would it benefit them or would it hurt them if I didn't? If, especially if you know that someone is struggling or someone needs something that you could help them with. Why not help if you can, especially if there's a solicitation and or you, you feel and understand that that person is seeking. Mm -hmm. That's good, Jason. I like that. I like that answer. When I think about the, the question of why am I doing what I'm doing, that in some sense is connected to the who and the what. Because if my principal motivation for entering community with someone through conversation is emotional, mm -hmm then I have to ask myself, will I ultimately be multiplying through division or will we just stop at division? Because if I share, I'm dividing what I have and now you get it. And because I am not clear on my own motives, mm -hmm. because I haven't done the self work. Yeah, yeah, yeah because I haven't had those conversations with myself, mm -hmm. then I end up thwarting the divinity mm -hmm. and the divine will in my conversation. And I, both of us, both conversation partners, instead of walking away edified because what has been shared has been multiplied, we experience the true consequences of division which is that what I have shared has made things smaller. Yeah. And, and that's, that's self-awareness right there. And that's, that's self-awareness. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, why am I doing this? And am I doing this because I genuinely want to build community with this person? Or am I doing this because I want to ass merely assert myself? Now, here's the thing, Jason, and we can talk about these different forms of communication later. There are times when conversation must be dominated, mm -hmm. like in the courtroom. Now, I'm a lawyer. 
The last thing you want when you cross-examine a witness, I practiced criminal defense in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for about 20 years. And the last thing you want in front of a jury is to allow the witness to control you when you are trying to Mm cross-examine. There are moments and there are circumstances when in professional settings, when it is appropriate and it is demanded for one person to be in control and it isn't really a conversation. And one of those times, I mean, if you're charged with murder and you hire me to be your lawyer, you don't want me applying the Motown Philly podcast principles during cross-examination. You don't want that, trust me, because you're about to get the chair (laughs) if you do. You want it, so there's times when you you want that control, right? right? But here's the thing. You don't go home and cross-examine your spouse. You don't put your spouse on the witness stand and <laughs> you don't uh, install yourself no, no. as some artificial conductor. of That's for the courtroom. Right, right. Right? But Jason and I are talking in relational terms because we're talking about building up community. So I just wanted to... I wanted to put that out there. And, you know, I see, Jason, we're running short on time today. And that's that's okay. Because you know what we're going to do? Next week, we're going to pick up with the last of our self-awareness questions, which is this question of how. Mm-hmm. How do I continue doing it if what I'm doing is constructive? And how do I stop doing it if what I'm doing is destructive? We're going to pick up there. And then we're going to move on to topic number two, or the second dimension of emotional intelligence, which is social awareness. Definitely. So we'll get to talk about that soon. What do you think, Jay? I'm excited. Like this, I think this this conversation, this particular conversation in this podcast was for me. It felt maybe dense. I don't. I'm not sure, but. It was it's it has this richness to it that helps to shine light to how we how we communicate with ourselves, how we how we become aware of what we're saying. Like I don't think we should. It's I'm excited. There's something to say continually about the ability to be aware of the things that are coming from your brain, your heart, and the the integration of your body to out of your mouth. And I think what Tim and I are trying to do is to at least get us to be more mindful that it's just not us speaking into silos and having conversation in the wind, that we really should value the the opportunity to hold space with another human being that has an open heart to connect, period. That's just what I believe. That's right, because when it's approached in the right way, you will inevitably divide and multiply. True. You will divide and multiply. You will experience the miracle of of multiplication after division. And, And that is, I think, something that we should all strive for. Jason, how can folk get in touch with you on social media? Look me up on The Speaker's Mechanic on Instagram. 
Jason Hall speaks on Twitter. I need to be more active. Also, no, I think that that's about it. The speaker's mechanic. That's where I hang out at. That's where I do most of my my um, my communicating socially. All right. You can find me on Facebook, Tim Golden. I'm the only Tim Golden in Walla Walla. City's so nice. You got to say it twice. And I'm the only Tim Golden in Walla Walla, Washington. I guarantee you that. So you find me on Facebook. My name is Tim Golden. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJGoldenESQ, at DRTJGoldenESQ on Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram at a good golden man, at a good golden man. Jason, episode five is in the books. books. And we are continuing to roll on. And we're just so grateful that you all are on this journey with us. Please continue to like, continue to share widely, subscribe to your notifications, and you're going to find that we're going to do some great things in this world. Jason, I like to think that as folks listen to this, we divided and multiplied. Yes, without question. I I believe it because whatever's in my heart, we, I did my best to give it out in the most purest way, authentic way as possible. And I know that's what you, what you, 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 when you open your mouth, you do too. Uh, and I appreciate that. I want to say this one thing before we go, as we, as Tim encourages you guys to like, follow and share when it goes, when it comes to iTunes or the podcast app or anywhere you can of course leave stars and commentary about this particular podcast, please do so. Like, subscribe, share, write a review, please. Write it and put some stars. Give us some five-star uh, reviews as well. Those things are greatly appreciated. Yes, yes. Thank you so much uh, for that, Jason. And listen, until next week, folks, take care of yourselves, each other, and let's do this. Jason, let's achieve our common humanity. Oh, I love that. I love that. Love you guys. All right, folks. Take care. See you next week.